I grew up wanting to be like Mike. Gatorade drinking and some Jumpman Nikes in the backyard till my jumper was nice. Dedicated to a dream that was birthed as a type. But problems in sight choked all the life from me. Single parent crib, home alone like McCully. Lost self-esteem though my daddy didn't want me. Star player, but nobody in the stands for me. So after the games, instead of going out to eat with my fam, I was at my friend's house rolling up grams, drinking Cisco and Mad Dog like man with a toilet at vomiting till the a.m. Life moved on, had nice shoes on, but the body that was in them wasn't feeling too strong. On a platter, played a great pretender too long. Satan tried to take my life, but I had a new song. I changed, gave my life up. Quit sipping drink, put down the white cup. Flush Mary Jane, don't need a light up. Staying sober because my wife and kids I love. Told Christ he could have it all and I'm in it. So anytime you see it, hear me, I'm a represented. Gave forgiveness, did a 180 and repented. You can do the same, just believe in the king, you won't regret it. Amen. Let's give God some glory in this place this morning. I'm excited to be here at uh, Freedom Church Carrollton. And let me get this thing set up. All honor to God for the opportunity to be here. All honor to Uncle Kendall and Aunt Starla. Uh, also me and my wife's spiritual parents. And uh, it's a blessing to be here, man. I, y'all have been a blessing to me first and foremost because half of the messages I preach, I steal from him. Amen? So the same word y'all get every week, we getting down in Houston. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I'm glad to be here. It's Father's Day and uh, I'm blessed to... Uh, been married now for, uh, on July 1st, it'll be 16 years, married to my beautiful wife. We met when I was 16 years old, and she was 15, and um, still with me, still trucking. And uh, I was born in St. Croix of the U.S. Virgin Islands. And uh, when I was two years old, my dad and my mom packed up my four sisters, my brother, and a chihuahua named Brownie, amen? And we came to 8806 Interville on the southeast side of Houston, Texas, um, and again, man, just met my wife. I remember when I was in uh, sophomore year of high school, I walked into the choir room. I saw some capri pants. I said, the Lord is my shepherd. I know what I want. Come on, somebody. And uh, my wife for the first time, and I can put that picture up. You can see my beautiful family, Ariana, Kingston, uh, Phoenix, and Zaire, man. So that's what we call them. We call ourselves the Walwyn Tribe. Amen. So we the Walwyn Tribe. And uh, I went to uh, Rice University on a full paid track and field scholarship. Uh, ended up jumping 26 one, 26 feet, one inch. Uh, broke the U.S. Virgin Islands long jump record. Still own that record today. And uh, But after that, man, I ended up injuring my knee before the 04 Olympics. And then months later, found out my father was dying. And it was like my life just started going down a bad road. I ended up still graduating, getting my degree. But after uh, college, I was just trying to do the rap thing. Hip-hop concerts and nightclubs. And that life was crazy. And I ended up in November 2006, stopped by the Pearland Police. And I was tased multiple times and beat up by four officers and almost lost my life. And I call that night shock therapy. Come on, someone. 
And it was the wake-up call I needed to get my mind right, to be a better husband, to be a better father. And I'm excited today because I get to do something the first time that I haven't done is tell you this, that I've got my book in the lobby this morning, and it's uh, called Shock Therapy. And uh, if you'd like to support it, I'd love your support. And I just tell my story to $20, and I would love for y'all to get that book, man. And just Hopefully, if you have somebody that's an athlete or a musician or just has been through some things, and you want a story of redemption to get them through, the Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, and that's my testimony. So praise God for that. I give God for that glory for the opportunity. And, uh, you know, I, I met my wife and, and then found out that her uh, family was in ministry and that her uncles were pastors and her aunt was married to a pastor and her grandfather was a part of the McDuck brothers and they were traveling and they helped lead Colonel Sanders to Jesus and all these things and I just like the Capri pants, you know what I mean? But when I got saved, man, they helped lead me in the ministry and they've been mentors and really guided us and then I've ended up, uh, when I gave my life to the Lord, I became a youth pastor, then I became a campus pastor, um, then I went and worked for KSBJ Radio, which is a big Christian radio station in Houston and I ended up uh, launching Engine Radio station with them, $10 million signal, did all the billboard campaigns and, and learned a lot. Uh, and then Hurricane Harvey hit and the entire city was underwater. And in that moment, Walmart wasn't open, Starbucks wasn't open, nobody was complaining. The only thing people were complaining about was that the church doors weren't open. I don't know if you remember, everybody was mad at Joel Osteen. They were like TMZ, everybody, they weren't opening the doors. And that was our eureka moment. My wife said, you know what? When the city was at its worst, the one thing they needed was the church doors to be open. And that's why we decided to launch Fellowship Houston. And we've been going for four years now. God's been blessing us. We just recently purchased our first building. And we just want to give God glory for that opportunity. Amen? Praise God. When we came to the city of Houston, things were different from the Caribbean. We didn't have a lot of freeways and all these different things. And my mother would always complain because in Houston, if you know anything about Houston, there's always a lot of traffic and there's always a lot of construction. And my mother would complain about the construction and complain about the construction. And if you know you have an island mother, even though she's complaining, you better not say something because she might catch in your neck. She was good. She was quick. You had to be careful. Are y'all with me? And she was complaining, oh, the traffic, oh, the traffic. And one day I just muscled up and I had enough boldness inside of me. And I was like, mom, when is this traffic going to end? <laughs> and I was waiting to get caught in the neck. But she didn't hit me that day. She was real calm and she gave me a good response. There's a lot of wisdom. She said, Vaughn, son, the construction will never be finished. Right? I said, why, mom? She said, she said first and foremost, there's a lot of roads that have a lot of bumps and potholes and things are going wrong. So we, people have to come in and always do construction to fix those old roads that have been messed up. And there's some roads that have been going for years, but you know what? They want to extend on those roads because neighborhoods are growing and communities are getting stronger. So they have to extend on the roads that are already there. And sometimes there's new construction out of nowhere and they have to create these roads. So there's always going to be construction that needs to get done. And I'm here to tell you this morning, in your life, you might be a person that You've been doing things for a long time and God is saying, now it's time for you to expand on the road that you've been on. So you're under construction. There's some of you guys that you've been married maybe 15, 20 years and you're starting to see a few potholes. And you need to make sure that you start to make sure that you're still under construction. And there's some of you that God is saying, there's a new endeavor. There's something fresh that I need you to get going and you need to be under construction. Everybody say, I am under construction. 
The problem comes is when you feel that you've already arrived. When you think that you've got it all together. When you're like the young people and you say, I just woke up like this. When you think you've arrived, you have no more drive. Are y'all with me? A wise man said, if you think you're green, you'll keep growing. But if you think you're ripe, that's when you'll begin to rot. Can I get an amen? Luke 9, chapter, 50, chapter 9, verses 57 through 62. I got a couple of verses for you. It says this. It says, as they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Talking to Jesus. Jesus replied, foxes have no dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Talking about working today, guys. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 and 2, it says, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send not workers into his harvest field. Everybody say, it takes work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now for this opportunity to be in front of these great people here in Carrollton, Texas at Freedom Church. God, I thank you that it's Father's Day and that you have a word for the fathers and everybody in here. Father, hide me behind the cross. Let my words be your words. Let my thoughts be your thoughts. Heavenly Father, I know you can do it without me, but I cannot do it without you. I give you all the honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Everybody say, this word is for me. I got this futon story I want to share with you. When I was growing up, I used to be a bachelor doing my own thing, and I wanted to have a futon in my apartment, but I was never able to get the futon. Every time I was going to buy the futon, couldn't afford the futon, couldn't get the futon, but then we got uh, started moving in with my wife, and we started having kids, and we got married and all these things, and ladies, you know, you try to get a futon, a woman doesn't want a futon in her house that doesn't match the decor. So I was always getting no's every time I was trying to get my futon. And finally, we moved into this house out in Kingwood, and the way that it was set up, two of the boys had a room, and two of the girls had a room, and couldn't give one of the kids their own room, so I made that room my office, amen? So all of a sudden, I had my own spot, and I'm walking through Walmart, and school's about to start, and what do I see in Walmart? But a stack of what? Futons. And they're on sale. 99.99, amen? So I called my wife. I said, baby, they're having a fire sale at Walmart. And we got these futons. Do you think it'll be all right if I could get a futon for my office? And she went, ah, all right, Vaughn, get your futon. Everybody say, you got your futon. Going to Walmart, I go over where it is. I try to pick up this futon by myself, but the futon's too heavy. I see the Walmart guy walking by. I say, hey, buddy, I need a little help. Can you help me out? We try to pick it up. We get it. He brings a cart. We pick up the futon. We drop it on the cart. Bang. Everybody say, you got your futon. I take the cart. I drive all the way down to the front of the register, and they have to get the, I couldn't pick it up, so they took the little gun. They went, dee, 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 and ended up paying for the futon, and I paid for the futon. Everybody say, you got your futon. Take the futon outside. I go out to where the expedition is. I hit the button. The back trunk comes up. Me and the guy lift up this heavy futon. We put it in the back of the expedition. Close the gate. Everybody say, you got your futon. 
Drive all the way to my house. The garage opens up. I get in there. I open up the back. I can't get it myself. I call my wife. She's short. She's white, but she's strong. Come on, somebody. We get the futon. We start to take it all the way up the steps. We get into my office and we drive it down. Boom. Everybody say, you got your futon. Get the knife. Cut open the box. And then it goes. The futon is in a hundred different pieces. (laughs) Everybody say, you got your futon. Now, one hour goes by. Two hours go by. The kids come in the room. Daddy got his futon. Daddy got his futon. Three hours go by. Four hours go by. Daddy, when the futon gonna be there? Shut up. Go to bed. Five hours goes by. Even my wife, who thought I loved and supported me so much, she gives up on me and goes to bed. It's two in the morning. It wasn't until about 3 a.m. in the morning after my knuckles were bleeding and taking this screw out and putting this thing back. Finally, at 3 a.m., I was able to sit down and ah, rest in my blessing. Are y'all with me this morning? I got my futon. And if you know anything about a pastor, no matter what we do, We're going to get a sermon out of it. Come on, somebody. So I had a few points that I need to give you that I got. Three points that I got uh, my hermeneutically pulled out. Amen. And the first thing I need you to recognize is that sometimes the thing we've been praying for, we can get it, but we don't realize that there's still work to do. Can I get amen? We pray and we pray. How many of you have worked and prayed a long time for something? You ask God to speak to you and bring you the proper opportunity. Now you have the opportunity. Now you have the position. Now you have this, but you can't celebrate because you have what? Work to do. The harvest season comes in. Any of y'all don't know anything about farming? When the harvest comes in, that's when the most work has to get done. I don't like celebrating anything negative, but I remember a few years ago, they had the Boston Marathon, and for 26 miles, these people were running. For 26 miles, these people were tired, and they get to the finish line, and they find out there's a bomb, and they tell these people right when they finish the finish line, run! How many of y'all know the last thing you want to hear after you've been running 26 miles is for somebody to tell you to run? Are y'all with me? And sometimes that's how God is. You've been working and you're pushing and you feel like you've arrived. You feel like God is finally giving you what you want. And now God is saying, run. Now it's time for you to put in the work. Now that you've arrived, I have something for you to do. Are y'all with me this morning? Sometimes your success can be more detrimental than your failures. Because when you fail, you feel bad about yourself. When you fail, you want to dust yourself off and get up and try again. But when you're winning in your winning season, we get a little lazy, don't we? We get a little complacent. And those are those seasons where God can't work on us. But everybody say, no breaks. Come on, no breaks. You have to understand that when you get a blessing, not only is there work for you to get done, but there's also work in you to get done. Not only work for you to get done, but work in you to get done. I truly believe God is happy about the work that comes out of you, but he's more concerned about the work that's happening in you. Hallelujah. When I worked at this radio station, it was beautiful that I was able to put up the billboards and all these things we were doing, but God was doing something with me. I was working with the types of people that I had never worked before, and I had to learn uh, how to speak and how to make sure that I was asking the right questions, and I realized in that season um, (laughs) that I had some things about me that needed more maturity. 
So yes, God taught me how to do these things and I was able to see some extravagant things, but there was a work inside of me that was getting done because God was preparing me to launch my own church and do things in ministry. And right now, you may not be happy with where God has you, but I'm telling you, this season you're in right now, God is working something on the inside of you. He's using that person next to you that you don't like. They might be a sandpaper person, but God uses sandpaper people to smooth out the rough edges in our life. Can I get an amen this morning? In every assignment, there's refinement. In every lesson, there's a blessing. Can I get an amen? Philippians 1.6 says this. Apostle Paul said, being confident of this, that he who began a good work, everybody say good work, he began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. How many of y'all believe that God is doing a good work in your life? And the Bible is teaching us that he, our Heavenly Father, who began a good work in you, he's going to complete it until the day we see our Heavenly Father. So I want everybody taking a deep breath, deep breath in. Exhale. If you can do that, that means God still has work to do in your life. Amen? And some of y'all, I know y'all are like, I don't need this, Pastor Vaughn. I've got my things together. I know you. You think you don't need help, right? But there's some things I learned. I've been to Harlem. I got family that live out there, live in the projects in the hood. I remember taking my wife out there and she was very uncomfortable. I've got friends that live in big mansions out in California. I've been out there. I've seen the mansions. I've seen the hood. I've been in the Caribbean uh, where people live in very uh, meek uh, environments and houses that you may not even want to live in. Are y'all listening to me? But there's one thing I learned that whether it was in Harlem, whether it was in California, or whether it was the things in the island, every one of those locations had one thing. A toilet. You know Why? Because everybody's got some crap in their life that they need to get rid of. Can I get an amen this morning? Hallelujah. I just walked down somebody's road. I feel it in my spirit. I feel it in my spirit. The second thing I took away from this moment, putting together this uh, demonic futon was that thing that you've been praying for. Guess what? God may have already given it to you, but because it's still in pieces, you feel like you haven't received your blessing yet. Amen? We want God to give it to us all put together. We want a wife that has it all together. We want a job that's already there. But if you've been praying for something a long time and you feel like God hasn't given it to you yet, look around, take an assessment, could it be he's already given you everything you need to be successful? He's just waiting for you to put it all together. Guys, you have to realize that God never gave us houses. God never gave us furniture. He gave us trees. Amen? The house is in the tree. The furniture is in the tree. But for you to see that furniture, for you to see that house, it's going to take some work. I know that's a dangerous word these days. Most people miss out on blessings and opportunity because they're dressed up in overalls and work boots. But to get where you're trying to get, it's going to take some work. I don't know much about cars, but one thing I've heard is when they're putting the car together, the first thing they do a lot of times, they'll go to the junkyard and they'll get a ton of scrap metal. 
And they'll take all this scrap metal and they'll melt it down until it turns into a, a hot liquid. And then they take this engine block. I'm talking like I know about cars. I know nothing. Trust me. Then they get this engine block and they pour this liquid into the engine block and the engine block then becomes a motor. And before you know it, they take the motor and they start adding spark plugs. They start adding all these uh, uh, ropes and whatever. Not ropes. There ain't no ropes in the car. But they start adding the tires and the paint and the roof. And if you got enough money, there's a convertible and all these things. And this beautiful car comes out and you have this Rolls Royce beautiful vehicle but before it became the Rolls Royce it started off with some scraps and I know a lot of you want that Rolls Royce blessing and that Ben's lifestyle but God is looking down and saying yeah you want this but what are you doing with the scraps that are around you in your life hallelujah I remember a young lady named Rachel Snow and uh I would do my best to do projects when I was a kid. I was in gifted and talented, all that. And I would work on my little projects all night, my little three-way board. I'd go to Walmart, get the three-way board, put the stickers on there, y'all. <laughs> and I'd show up to school that morning just knowing I was getting an A+. Plus. Put my little board up, feeling all confident. And Rachel Snow would walk in with a project that her mother did. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You know an eight-year-old couldn't have done that. Your mama did that, Rachel. Amen. So we made a decision as parents that when we had kids, we're doing all the projects. Say hell with me. <laughs> so when they come home, we line them up. Me and my wife get excited. We about to do this thing. Y'all with me? And my daughter, she had something about the Karanka Indians. We got it. All hands in. Wall went on three. One, two, three. Wall went on. Y'all with me? And we start working on this Karanka with Indians and we're studying like, man, how are we going to bring this thing to life? But we learned something about these Indians and, they were, and what they did with buffalo. See, they didn't, when they got buffalo, they didn't just eat the buffalo. They did a lot of things with the buffalo. What's, what's some things I learned? One of the things I learned was they take the bones from the buffalo and they would paint with the bones from the buffalo. Can you imagine that? I found out they would take the teeth from the buffalo and they'd make these beautiful necklaces with the teeth from the buffalo. I found out that they take the horn from the buffalo and they use it as a spoon. Resourceful people. They take the hide from the buffaloes and they make a teepee and live inside of it. They take the bladder from the buffalo and they'd even make a medicine bag and the kids would take the tail and they'd make a toy out of it. They were resourceful people. And my question to you is this morning, what are you doing with the blessings that God has given you? Are you only using it one way? Maybe God is saying, I'm not going to send you another one because you're not even using this one in the way you need to. Amen? We just got a new building. We got a patch of grass on the side. Space City Church, man, we need to have Space City snow cones. Come on, somebody. I built a little corner out of my office, turned into a studio. Studio time in Jesus' name. We empty most of the days, but we have a little barbershop for a few days out of the week. Why? Because I'm trying to make the most of what God has given me. Faithful over little, ruler over much. Maybe you have the blessing and everything you need, but you're not using it the way you should. That perfect marriage you have, that you want, you probably could already have it, but you're going to need to assemble it. That marriage is going to need some work. Can I get Amen. Ladies, I know you want a man that looks like he could be in GQ. But he looks like he's been spending all his time at DQ. <laughs> Send that man to the gym. Stop giving him so many steaks. Come on, somebody. 
that perfect life you want, relationship you want, job that you want, career that you want, you may already be in position to have it, but you need to put it together. It's going to take work. Everybody say it takes work. The dream you're chasing, it takes work. Proverbs 12, 11 says this, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. And I used to read that scripture, I was like, chasing fantasies, chasing dreams? God, that's good. I thought we were supposed to chase dreams. It's like, no, you can chase a dream. Dreams have goals. Dreams have markers you can hit. But when you're chasing fantasies, you're just chasing it without any results. You chase a fantasy in your mind. You chase a dream on your grind. Come on, someone. You chase a fantasy on your seat. You chase a dream on your feet. You chase a fantasy with an abundance of words. You chase a dream with an abundance of work. It takes work. We have too many finna Christians. All y'all finna Christians out there. Pastor Vaughn, what's a finna Christian? Finna get a job. Finna, get a, finna go to school. Finna get married. Finna work out. I tell those finna Christians, don't finna finish. Come on, someone. So many of you may have already received your blessing, but because it's in pieces, you haven't recognized it yet. Let me get some music, Brother L.A. And the last thing I learned while putting this beautiful futon together was that without the instruction booklet, I would have been completely lost. I don't know much about tools and I don't know about putting stuff together. And honestly, the route that I was going with that futon, if I didn't have the instruction booklet, that futon was about to be a bike. <laughs> Amen. But when I had the instruction booklet, I got it and I was able to see a picture of it on the front and it gave me a vision of what the futon was supposed to look like. I was halfway there. They gave me tools that work and fit specifically for the job that I needed in the little bag. I didn't even have to bring my own tools out because the box came with the tools in it. It gave me all the pieces that I need to fulfill it. And I'm here to tell you today, whatever God is instructing you to have, whatever you need to complete in your life, you don't have to look down the street. You don't have to look at what your family has. You don't have to look at your neighbor to see if the grass is greener. Because guess what? If the grass is that green, most of the time it's fake. Come on, somebody. It's AstroTurf. It's not as good as they're making it seem. Come on, somebody. They gave me the tools. They told me what tools I needed, how to use the tools. I was trying to design something, but I needed to check in with the designer. Many of you guys, you don't understand how you're designed because you haven't read the instruction booklet. Most men, we don't read the instruction booklet. We feel like when we get it, we can figure it out. Amen? <laughs> Whatever God has provided you with is everything you need to complete what he's trying to do in your life. Don't wait and say, oh, I can't do it right now, God, because I need that. Or if I only had what he had. Listen, everything God put in the box for that futon, he gave it to us uh, with the end in mind. God knows where he's taking you. God knows the plan that he has for you. Everything you need to get it done, he's equipped you with it. Can I get an amen? The reason it took me so long 
to get this futon put together. If I'd have just read the instruction booklet at first, it'd have probably been done in 30 minutes to an hour. But I tried to do it on my own. I tried to figure it out without help. And I would put piece K where piece M was supposed to go. And I would put piece M where piece K was supposed to go. And then when I get to the end, I would need piece K and I'd have to go back and I'd have to take it all apart because piece K didn't need to go where piece M went. And I figured this out. Going where you fit and going where you're designed is two different things. And many of us, we take our time and when we feel like we fit somewhere, we go there. But God has a special plan for you. God has designed you a certain way. God has, a, has manufactured yourself and your vision and your dream that's unlike anyone else. Are y'all with me this morning? But you'll never understand how you were designed unless you check in with the designer. Hallelujah. I'll close with this story. I invited my nephew over to watch the football game. He's a Dallas Cowboys fan. Y'all pray for him. He wanted to watch the Dallas Cowboys game. I wanted to watch the Texans game because I'm loyal to my city. Amen. We're going back and forth. No, I want to watch this game. No, I want to watch this game. No, I want to watch this game. I said, you in my house. We're going to watch the game I want to watch. He said, oh, pass me the remote. Gave him the remote. Before you know it, we had a picture in picture on the screen and we were getting to watch the game I wanted to watch and the game he wanted to watch at the same time. I didn't even know my TV could do that. I said, nephew, how did you make that happen? He said, oh, I read the instructions. Come on, somebody. Just like myself, many of you are living your life the same way. You have a volume up, volume down lifestyle. Channel up, channel down lifestyle. Power up, power on, power off lifestyle. But you don't realize that there's features inside of you and things that God has inside of you greater than you could ever imagine. But you'll never know how dope you are until you check in with the designer. Can I get amen? And I pray that you guys on this Father's Day that y'all understand that we are all under construction. We are all needing of a strong foundation. And that foundation is Jesus Christ. And I think one of the coolest things we could do here on this Father's Day for the fathers in the room and most importantly for our Heavenly Father. If everybody can stand to your feet for me, please. It's making the decision to leave this room just knowing that we know, that we know, that we know, that we know that we're getting a commitment to say yes to Christ. And then when we close our eyes for the last time here on earth, that we'll open our eyes in heaven, spend an eternity with our Heavenly Father. Romans 10 and 9 simply says this, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God sent Jesus to die on the cross for you, it says that you will be saved. You don't have to have good credit. You don't have to know anybody important. You just have to believe. I can't believe for you, but I can believe with you this morning. I just ask that y'all say this prayer proudly. Say, Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. Say, please forgive me for all my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I believe he rose on the third day. I believe he is the Son of God. Say, clean me up. 
and use me, Lord. Become king of my life. In Jesus' mighty and powerful name we pray. And everybody shout. Amen. Make some noise for Jesus in this place. Come on.